0: a hand. You guys deserve more than that. Come on. You got to pump them up. That's what you guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pump them up. Come on. <laughs> well, my name is, like I said earlier, my name is Pastor Adam Harold, and I am one of the lead servants here at the Refuge. And I am Tiny Harold.
1: I am um,
0: Lead Servant 2.0. Also known as Lead Servant Better Looking. Don't make me blush. You had an announcement you wanted to give? It's amazing. Um, also, I want to announce uh, 21 days of prayer coming up in just three weeks. We begin on uh, January 6th this year, and we'll be going till January 26th this year. Um, it's a it's a Sunday to a Saturday with a couple Saturdays in between, um, and that time is just spent seeking God and focusing on intimacy with Him and. I just—if you've never participated in 21 Days of Prayer, it's a time of, of fasting and praying uh, as a church, and um, it's it's life transforming. I've started it um, probably seven years ago now, uh, when I was on staff at another church. The pastor uh, at the beginning of every year would take the first 21 days of his year and, and, and spend it in fasting and praying, and it's just a it's just a life transforming thing. And so. We want to invite you to participate with us this year. Um, Corporate fasting is always um, interesting, right? Because the Bible talks about how fasting isn't about us. Um, And so we don't want to make it about us. We want to make it about the individual and their relationship with with God. And so in order to do that, we just ask you to um, to fast whatever it is that that God leads you to fast, um, however He leads you to fast. um, If you want to do that, you don't have to. Uh, You can just... Focus on praying during that time, but uh, make it about you know make it about your relationship with God. Don't make it about your relationship with the church. Does that make sense? Um, because we want to grow together. This morning we are in week number two, week number two of our series called "Here Comes Heaven." Um, it's it's an Advent series. Advent simply means the arrival, the arrival of Jesus because it's, it's Christmas season, and so um, we are in week two and. Last week, just to recap, um, we talked about the 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament, between Malachi and Matthew, which was really interesting to try to talk about 400 years of silence that is really a blank page in the Bible, right? So um, if you want to figure out how I pulled that off, which you could ask people, did he pull it off, and you could find out yourself, or you could get on forward slash listen to any of our messages in oh, in the last um 19 20 months now 20 months I think of our church's existence every message um, that has been recorded is on our website also on the iTunes podcast if you just search uh, refuge Maine you'll find those those messages also let me just put in a plug right now before we get into it because Tanya's going to read some scripture um, for us in a little while and All of our notes are available today on the Uversion Bible app. If you have the Uversion Bible app on your phone, um, our screen behind me will tell you how to find that right now. But um, our notes are on there for you to follow along today. We want to help you in your growth and your relationship with God this morning. So um, feel free to follow along with, with our notes. But also, that terrible piece of paper that we gave you on your way in, please feel free to write down. Notes today, as as we as we open up God's word, um, my my pastor told me this morning. Every every Sunday morning, he sends a group of pastors, uh, including myself, um, just some encouragement. And he told me to, he told us today this. I haven't even told you this yet. He said a short pencil helps with a long memory. I was like, Dang, that's pretty good. A short pencil helps with a long memory. You can um, come up with some sort of riddle or something. With, with that, right? so, anyway. um, so today we're talking about um, obedience. obedience. So last week we talked about the 400 years of silence and we talked about what, what to do in moments of waiting in our lives. That's how we applied that. And so today we're talking about obedience and what obedience looks like because as we talk about here comes heaven, here comes heaven is bringing forth the Savior, which is Jesus, and God had to use people in order to do that. And the truth is, is that God still uses people to get what he wants to be accomplished today. He uses people like you and like me, and I'm sorry this is what you get this morning. But um, it's, it's he uses people to accomplish what he wants done, and so that's what we're talking about today. Next week, we're going to celebrate the birth of a king, and, and the king is among us, talking about the birth. So today we're talking about obedience, and if I'm 100% honest with you, um, some of you are sitting there, and you're, you're really not sure what to, what to expect when it comes to the church talking about obedience, because the fact of the matter is, most of you think obedience is just getting your kids to submit to your authority. Come on, somebody, right, Tanya? She's got that mama's look. I can't do that. If I look at them like this, they're like, what, what are you going to do to us? But we're talking about obedience when it comes to us. When it comes to our relationship with with God the Father. And the thing about about obedience is is that um, every act of obedience begins with an assignment. Every act of obedience begins with an assignment. It doesn't matter if, if it's telling our kids to go clean their room that's an assignment the reactive obedience begins with an assignment and by the way if i were to classify this message i would definitely classify it as, as a setup and this is an opportunity for me just to give you just a quick promotion of our next series which will be called whisper whisper where we're talking about hearing and listening to the voice Because God does speak to us to this day. And so many of us think that the, the voice of God is this loud, obnoxious yelling and Bible thumping and pounding on the table when really the voice of God is a whisper. So today we're talking about obedience as a setup to the next week, or to, to two weeks from now. Any act of obedience, I think, has a certain goal. We all want, anytime we're given an assignment, we want that assignment to be successful. We want to be successful in it. Uh, I think that's probably why they have, what, 50 Mission Impossible movies by now. Like, because, like, th- think about it. Like, he's given some mission that seems like it's an impossible task to accomplish, and somehow, some way, he finds a-, a way to be Successful in that mission. And so um, we all want to be successful when it comes to obedience. And so today's big idea when it comes to obedience is this, and when it comes to this message the success of your assignment depends on your response, on the heart of your response. Let me say it again because I kind of messed it up, and I'm probably going to mess everything up between now and then anyway. The success of your assignment depends on the heart. Of your response. Now, let me just add that the assignment that we're talking about this morning is the assignment from God. The thing in our lives that we feel like God wants us to do. The thing right now that God has you walking through that you may or may not want to walk through. The assignment is whatever it is that God has before you today. And so the success of that assignment depends on the response of your of your heart. Let me just add that um, this is this is between God and us because how many of us would love it if our boss were just okay if we just had a good attitude at work whenever he gave us the assignment that we don't want to do? Now I will add I will add that the heart that you have, the attitude that you have with the assignment that you're given at work, will help you in your the success of that assignment. Because attitude is everything, heart is everything. We are all about the heart today. So, two people are used by God to bring forth the birth of Jesus. They're given an, an assignment of bringing forth a son whose name is Jesus. And so today, the reason why I look a lot better than I usually do this morning is because Tanya will be talking about obedience from Mary's perspective. I'll be talking about obedience from Joseph's perspective.
1: Of conversations that would always come out of like walking into the room with like both parents, like at the boardroom table, it was either a correction or a direction conversation. So, there were a couple times in my life where I just did like totally stupid things and I got called into the room and I was like, Oh crap, you know,
0: do you want me to start naming somebody? No, right? no, that's okay.
1: um, and then there are other times in my life where I went in and, and they were like, Okay, so like, what, what are you gonna do with your life? Like, when are you gonna move out of the house? So, that was the direction to Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. So Mary's assignment was to bring the Messiah into the world. As an Israelite, she knew that there was a Knew that the Messiah was going to be born of a virgin. If we look back at Old Testament, it was prophecy uh, back in Isaiah seven through uh, seven verse fourteen. All right, then the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So I can. beliefs She had a really great relationship with God to begin with. The Israelites knew that there was a history of angelic messengers. This is not the first time that an angel appeared to an Israelite to bring a message. Gabriel's words were what troubled her. Gabriel's words, her his greeting in verse 28, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Those are the, the two things that troubled Mary right off the bat. When the Lord is with us, the impossible becomes. Life that follows when we receive an assignment from God is no longer ordinary. It's now holy. You're doing God's work. You've got an assignment that God has called you to, and when you start walking in your assignment, that task and that life that you're living is now holy. Holy meaning set apart. Mary had favor. Favor is not about status. Favor is about service. You know there are some there are some preachers that. you turn your life over to God, everything's going to be great. Everything's going to go your way. You're going to have, you know, a great house, tons of money, uh, amazing car. That's not what favor is about. Favor is about service. When you have the favor of the Lord, you get your hands dirty. It's time to go to it. Favor ain't fair. This was one of the messages that one of those um, preachers talked about, and he was saying, you know, favor ain't fair. You got a big house. We fair, but that's like more when like I'm at Target right before Christmas and I get that first parking spot right by the door. I'm like, hey, favor ain't fair, guys. But that's not what that's about. The favor of God often means that you lose the favor of man. Do you want to talk about all the people that don't like us right now? We've got, no, I'm I'm not, (coughs) I'm not saying that to like pity party. I'm just saying when you have an assignment from God, you are ruthlessly holding on to that assignment. You are doing the work. Sometimes you're going to lose doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to count your losses and just go for it. Mary knew that there was a cost to saying yes. She was either going to lose the life that she imagined with Joseph, with stability, with a husband that's going to take care of her, going to provide for her. He's a carpenter. She's probably going to have a sweet house. Or she could lose her literal life. Matthew 1.19, which Adam is going to get to, it even talks about Joseph was debating whether or not just quietly divorce her. She had her, her life that she imagined was at jeopardy by saying yes to God's assignment. Her literal life, in Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, the law said that if a woman was to be sexually active before marriage, her husband, her fiancé, had the right to have her stoned to death. It actually, Adam's going to read it in a little bit, uh, but they stoned her to death at her father's doorstep. So she knew what the Mary's response, which was her choice, was one that her heart was pure. So when we look back, the chapter right before is when Zechariah finds out that his wife, Elizabeth, is going to be pregnant. And so the angel comes and he talks to him and his reaction is the same as Mary's. So Zechariah, verse verse 18 of Luke 1 says, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man and my wife is also well along in So he responds with a question. Mary does the exact same thing. In verse 34, she says, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The difference here is the heart. Gabriel's response to Zechariah was one of agitation. I love this. Like, I was reading over this again last I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It is he who sent me to bring you this good news. Like, Gabriel's like, I'm just the messenger, literally the messenger. This is coming from God. So you can go ahead and argue. I know you're an old man. I saw you when you were in your mother's womb. I'm here to bring you the message. But Gabriel responded to Mary's question with an explanation. He he broke it down to a little bit of A&P for her. He said, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come on you, high will overshadow you, so the baby will be born, will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. He just explained exactly how it was going to happen. It didn't come back with any sass, it didn't have any agitation behind it. They both asked a question. The difference is the heart of the response. The facts here are that God had actually healed barren women before. We look at Sarah, we look at Hannah, both in the Old Testament. This was nothing new for God to do to give a woman. Result here for Zechariah asking the question with the wrong heart was punishment. Luke 1, verse 20 said, But now, since you don't believe what I said, you will be silent You know, you watch the videos of people uh, telling their parents and telling their friends. I love, especially now at Christmas time, like you know somebody's getting a piece stick for Christmas to like be like, hey, you're going to be a grandma!" So that's like the best part of early pregnancy. And that's what was taken away from Zechariah. He was mute. He could not tell anybody what his encounter was with God once he came out of the temple. He was forced. that's your workplace, whether that's your home, in your relationships, in your family, we are all to be bringing Jesus into that world. This past week, I got really wrapped up um, on social media in in a story, and actually two stories that collided this week. So, um, Lisa Turkers, I don't know if any of you are familiar with her, but she's a Christian author and speaker. She. Actually, in the midst of that struggle, she wrote a book called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. This past week, she interviewed a woman. Just to see what happens when you just surrender the story to God and let him take over. And so as, as Lisa is talking with Kayla about it's not supposed to be this way. Lisa said, when God's timing seems questionable, his lack of intervention hurtful and his promises doubtful, what do you do? You know, when you come into something so hard and so terrible.
0: So, Mary's story is found in the book of Luke primarily. Joseph's story is found in the book of Matthew. So, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to jump down through the genealogy of Jesus, Jesus' family tree. And we're going to look at verse 18. And it says this it says, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, His mother, Mary, was engaged to marry, to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided, take note, he decided to break the engagement quietly. Verse 20, as He considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you will name him Jesus, for save the people from their sin. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will name him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary to be his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Joseph's assignment is a little trickier than Mary's. You see, here Joseph is a distant relative of King David, who was known as the King David. He was known as the greatest king in all of history of the nation of Israel. Tanya said just a minute ago that favor is about service and not status. She's absolutely correct. But King da- but, but Joseph had status because of King David. And it's not something that we can ignore. See, Joseph had status. In fact, I think that the status that Joseph had probably made it a little trickier, a little more difficult to be obedient to the assignment that God had for him. If anyone could have this young lady stoned to death, it would be Joseph because he was in position. All he had to do was make a phone call, if he had a phone call. All he had to do was send a messenger. And he could have had someone to take care of this woman that had appeared to have cheated on him. Because it was it was said legally that she would be stoned to death had it been brought to the attention that she was pregnant without being Joseph's wife yet. The assignment that Joseph has is a tricky one. You see, because Joseph has status, and I, Forgive me for reading this from my notes, but Joseph had status, and that's important. But don't get hung up on the fact that he had status, because here's what Joseph does. Joseph was able to find the humility in his status. And when we're able to find the humility in the status that God has given us, and we realize that the status we have is because of him, That's when God is able to use your status to deliver something special. You see, the status that Joseph had of being a descendant of a king was status to bring forth a king. And the only way that God was able to use the status that Joseph had was because Joseph found humility in the status that God had given him. The assignment It's God's choice. The response is our choice. And in the Christmas story, Joseph's response is downright divine. It's from God. Given his status, if anyone could stone Mary, it would be Joseph. Have you ever thought about just how R-rated the Christmas story is? Like, think about it. Okay, so maybe today would be PG 13 because, you know, we're kind of backslidden when it comes to our readings to movies. The law states that Mary should be stoned, she should be punished. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 23 through 24, it says Suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin, who is engaged to be married, and, she, and he has sexual intercourse with her. If it, this happens within a town, you must take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. The woman is guilty because she did not scream for help, and the man must die because he violated another man's wife. In this way, you will purge the evil from among you. Now, the verse that Joseph, or the, the, the part where Tanya was talking about earlier, taking the woman to the, to the father's house, that's in Scripture as well, but this is a different part of the law. Joseph faces a major dilemma here. The dilemma that he faces is, number one, do I stone her to death? Do I have her killed? Or number two, do I divorce her quietly and let her go and let her be and leave her to raise the child on her own? And many of you single moms out there know exactly what that would have been like. In verse 19, it actually tells us that Joseph chose option number two. In verse 19, it says, he decided to break the engagement quietly. That's the decision that Joseph had made. But there are four very important words that follow in verse 20. The four important words are this, as he considered this. As considered this. The original language says, or or could be be translated as he deliberated, or as he pondered, as he thought about. How many of you have ever made a decision and then you started thinking about that decision? And then you're like, ooh, I think I uh, probably should have thought a little harder about that. That's kind of what's going on with Joseph right here. He makes the decision, but verse 20 says, as he considered this. Commentator Matthew Henry says this, he says, it is the thoughtful, not the unthinking, that God will guide. It is the thoughtful, not the unthinking, that God will guide. Listen, if you're looking for something from God today, if you've been looking for something in your life for God, maybe the reason he hasn't guided you is because you've just talked about it. to do as he considered these things. Verse 20 goes on and it says, as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph was asleep when he got his answer. Joseph was asleep when he gets the answer from God and what he should do when it comes to Mary. And here's what we see. God speaks to us when we are still. God speaks to us when we are still. Stop being so restless about the decision that you have before you and just be still long enough to hear the whisper of God in your life. I think oftentimes, and we'll talk more about this in our next series, but I think oftentimes God uses a whispered for a couple of reasons. Number one, he wants us to get close to him to hear a whisper. Number two, he wants us to be still so that we can hear him. So oftentimes, in my kids' lives, if my kids are, are, um, are off and they're, they're playing and they're being loud, I can't hear anything because there's so much restlessness in the room. Sometimes he just wants us to be still enough to hear his voice. Joseph is asleep when he gets his answer. Matthew Henry goes on and he says, It's when we, when we are the most quiet and composed that we are in the best frame to receive the notices of the divine will. It's when we're quiet and composed that we are in the best frame to receive the notices of the divine will. And so after the angel appears to Joseph, Remember, it's God's, God's the one that chooses the assignment. We're the one that that chooses our response. And the success of our assignment depends on the heart of our response. If we want to be successful in what it is that God is challenging us to do, we have to have the right heart in what we, in how we receive it. Joseph's response was not an easy one. His response would require both faith and courage. Both faith and courage. I, I, Mary's response would require both faith and courage. You have to face to overcome the doubt in your life, but you also have to have the courage to overcome the fear in your life. And there are so many decisions That we all face on a daily basis. And there are different decisions that some of you are facing in this room right now. That will require both faith and courage. But I believe that those that choose faith and courage over doubt and fear. Those are the ones that are successful. When you are able to find the faith and find the courage to take the step that God's wanting you to Some of you, that that assignment right now is just the simple assignment of receiving Jesus in your life and just making him a part of your every day. I want you to know this morning that God wants nothing more than to spend every day with you. But sometimes, sometimes the reason that we don't know the assignment? Because I realize that some of you are sitting in this room and you're going, I don't know what they're talking about. Assignment. God doesn't doesn't do that for me. I don't know what you're talking about. But here's what I've learned. In order to know the assignment, you have to know the voice that gives the assignment. In order... To know the assignment, you have to know the voice that gives the assignment. Do me a favor, close your eyes and bow your heads. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this message up this morning with a time of reflection. Maybe you're here this morning and you're you're saying, I don't I don't know the assignment. The Bible tells us that it's an appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. We all, every human being on this planet has an assignment that includes death. I'm sorry. We will all die. But our death is not the end of us. You see, after we die, we will live forever. And I believe that God wants to spend forever with you. So many of us were taught... That God's voice is this loud voice that just yells at you. It tells you what to do and bosses you around. It says if you do this, then that'll happen. If you do that, that'll happen. But I want you to know this morning that God's voice is a gentle whisper. It's a whisper that he desperately wants you to hear. And if you hear it, I believe you have a choice to respond to it. If you hear it, so the question is how will you respond? Will you respond with faith and courage? Or will you respond with fear and doubt? If you're here this morning, and you don't know what's, like you're feeling something right now inside of you that you just didn't, you you don't even know what to do. With it, I want to invite you to look up at me. Would you look up at me? You don't know what's going on. You just know that there's something that, that God is doing inside of you. I want you to know that God is safe. That He loves you. That He cares about you that whatever assignment that you are facing, He wants to walk with you. And I know that because this Jesus that we talk about today, He didn't stay baby. He went on to a cross. And on that cross, He died for you and He died for me. So that our sins could be forgiven. So that we could hear his whisper. If you want to receive Jesus in your life today, you want to make him a part of your life, maybe that's the assignment. If you want to say yes to that assignment this morning, I want to invite you to say this prayer with me, to say, God, I know that. And I know that the wrong in my life has been so loud that it has been impossible for me to hear your whisper. So God, I ask that you would come into my life and that you would be a part of my life. That you would save of what Jesus did for me on the cross. Help me to live for you. Help me to obey you. Every day of my life, help me to say yes to the assignment. So in Jesus' name, I pray. now heads bowed, eyes, eyes closed still. Keep them down. Stay in this moment. Christian, I want to ask you, What assignment does God have before you tomorrow? Or maybe later today that he is begging you to say, all right, God, I will do it. I trust you more than I trust me. And it doesn't make sense on paper. It doesn't make sense on paper. But I will say yes because I have trust invite you all to stand with me as I go to the Lord in prayer for those of you that are facing that assignment this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand with me up to your feet as we go to him in prayer. God, I I thank you so much for the assignments that you have before us. I believe with all of my heart, God, that if an assignment is given to us on your behalf, I believe that it is impossible to fail when we say yes. God, I also believe that a lot has to do with the heart of our response. And so, God, I pray this morning that you would bring success to us because of our hearts, not because of who we are, not because of our status, but because of our hearts being turned towards you. God, we love you. God, we thank you for what you're going to do this Christmas season in all of our lives in the lives of those we love, in the lives of those we share our life with. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Would you give God a hand today for what he's done?